0: back to the middling along podcast i'm delighted this time to welcome along photographer jenny smith who dreamed of a career in photography since the age of 10 but ended up working as a publicist for tv and radio after the birth of her son she decided to follow her dream and begin working as a professional photographer and hasn't looked back since she's also the co-host of the dear hormones podcast with kate baus we'll talk about that in a minute and we're also going to talk about her passion project, 40 Over 40, showcasing 40 incredible women all over the age of 40 doing incredible things for womankind. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me on. So if you're comfortable talking about it before we dive into the other stuff, um, you, you talk a little bit on your website about sort of discovering that you are perimenopause, or and I think like other people that, that we've chatted to on the podcast you came into that similarly kind of clueless and actually your your light bulb moment was listening to another podcast
1: yeah is that right yeah that's right when I think back Emma I think my my perimenopausal symptoms actually started at the age of 40 when I think Mm. back because I remember my period started going really weird at the age of 40. And despite the fact that I'd had IVF and was very unlikely to have a baby, I went and took myself off for sort of three or four pregnancy tests during this time. <laughs> you know, it was crazy because I didn't even think for a second at the age of 40 that I would be anywhere near the the, the menopause. It wasn't on my agenda. But then fast forward um, five to six years, you know, I've, obviously I was suffering from some perimenopausal symptoms up till then, but I wasn't putting it down to mm. it. They really kind of kicked in around the age of 45, 46. And it was when my son was about 11 years old and lots and lots of things were happening to me. Um, and I know lots of women say this, but I honestly thought I had early onset dementia at one point. I couldn't remember anything. I'd walk into rooms and literally just stand there and think, why, why am I here? I, be, I mean, it was a running joke in my house, you know, that I was losing my keys and my phone, you know, on a regular basis. And I know lots of us do that, but mm. it was getting out of control, you know, the amount of times I was losing my keys and my phone. And it's pretty scary, too, isn't it? When you it kind of think about what it could be. Yeah, well, exactly. And I I remember, and this was happening a few years before, that I'd be in the middle of a conversation with somebody, and I'd get halfway through the conversation, I'd have no idea what I was going to say to them. I'd just have to stop midway and just sort of say, oh, I'm really sorry, I've lost my train of thought. But it was really, really embarrassing, because this would have been while I was at work, it might have been during a meeting. Um, so all of that was going on, and it was... You know, that was scary enough. And then like, I had weird things like my skin was really itchy, like crawly, you know, this crawling mm-hmm. sensation, menopause all over my skin, which was weird. And I never used to suffer from headaches ever. And I started getting headaches almost on a daily basis. And I was just really, really scatty, incredibly tired. You know, that overpowering tiredness that they talk about with the menopause.
0: I feel like I've just been tired since I had children, <laughs> to be honest with you. but. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> I remember at some point during those years before I turned 46 I went to the doctors a couple of times you know talking about how tired I was my dad died of cancer when he was 50 so it's always on my mind oh my god you know it, you know is there something worse wrong with me and that's what was happening and then um, the the biggest uh, symptom that I had was um these outbursts of anger, uh, of real rage. And, um, you know, they were directed at my son, who was 11 years old. He's a really good boy. He doesn't do Mm. anything wrong. And the sort of things I was getting cross with him about were so minor. And, you know, I was, he, I mean, I talk about this on my podcast in the first episode, but, you know, this one day I, I picked him up from school and I was asking him what he'd had for lunch that day. And he told me he'd had chicken wings. And I said, oh, that sounds... That sounds great. What did you have those with? And he said, "Well, I I just had had chicken wings." I said, "Yes, but what did you have them with?" And he said, "Chicken wings." I said, "Yes, but what did you have them with?" And I and I got so angry, and I was like, "You could have had chips. You could have had potatoes." If I'd asked you, you know, if you asked me what was going to be for dinner, and I just said chicken, and you said, "What was that with?" I'd tell you what that was with. And I was driving at the time, and the rage just hit an all-time high to the extent where I thought I was going to steer the car off the road and that was because he didn't tell me what he could have had with his chicken wings at school and I think that was my moment where I just thought something. Oh, yeah, right this here.
0: this just isn't something Just is wrong be
1: happening yeah. yeah you know we both ended up in tears and of course I ended up hugely apologizing to him and you know not knowing what was going on and then that night I listened to a podcast which you uh, referred to and um, it was with Dr Louise Newson, and she was talking about uh, the menopause and she took <laughs> off absolutely every single symptom that I had I can't tell you how much though the weight was lifted off my shoulders that night, I actually started crying from relief because Mm. I suddenly realized I didn't have early onset. I'm not broken. (laughs) Exactly. And this is why I'm getting so angry. And I think the next day I went to the doctors, I got the I told I knew more than the GP. I hear this story a lot. (laughs) um, Because I'd heard that podcast, I went in fully genned up with what to say. What I wanted out of the um, the appointments, and she was fantastic, and she gave me the HRT, and within two weeks I started to notice the difference, and you know I don't think I've shouted at my son like that since. You know, it doesn't? I'm sure he's very relieved. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've not I've not been out of control like that since I've been on the HRT. Thank God for it.
0: Let me talk a little bit about your your career pivot. Then, how did you you know sort dis- decide to to take that that leap and go after what what you kind of I guess your soul have been hankering for all those years
1: yeah yeah um so I worked I always wanted to be a photographer I think if I look back but I don't think sort of where I grew up that being a photographer was an option i I, you know i didn't think that people did that as a job i think you know so (laughs) did you do one of those stupid career surveys like i did at school
0: (laughs) where you like i don't know like multiple choice thing i think mine said something like you know geography teacher
1: yeah yeah, it tells you to work in a supermarket or something doesn't it um I don't think I did one of those. But I do remember um, when we did work experience at school, I was lucky enough to go and do work experience at a radio station. And I absolutely loved that experience. So I think I always knew I wanted to work in the media, you know, in that kind of field um and that's actually is what i ended up doing so i worked for 10 years as a publicist in tv and radio and i absolutely loved it but a big part of being a publicist is working with photographers and i absolutely loved that bit of my job you know so i would be escorting pho- uh, photographers to photo shoots with whoever i was working with and um and i just used to soak it all up you know watched what they were doing and just wish i was doing what they were doing but it was actually only after i had my son um when you are forced into that career break that I actually thought maybe I could, I could give this a go because I had this year off where I thought, well, I could practise during this year. My mum was very, very kind and she um, paid for me to um, buy a set of studio lights. I don't actually use studio, studio lights anymore, but I, I did then. And that kind of gave me the kickstart. So during that year, obviously, I'd met a lot of people with babies during that first year. And I just started photographing, you know, just practicing, really photographing mm. all these people's babies. And, um, and I realized I absolutely loved it. So by the time the year came to an end, I just thought, well, it's now or never. My company wanted me to go back. three. Let me think. They wanted me to go back for four days a week with nobody covering the fifth day. So essentially, I would be kind of working full time. I think we've all been there. (laughs) And then I worked out that I would be at work more than I would be with my son. And, you know, as I mentioned before, he was IVF. And I kind of knew that I possibly wouldn't be able to have any more children. And I I didn't want that to happen. And I really wanted to be a photographer. So I just took the leap then. I thought if they won't let me go back, I'd arrange for a job share to do two and a half days a week. And um, they were no, they were big. No, we don't want you to do that. We want you four days or nothing. So I thought, right, well, I'll leave and I'll see what happens. And um, and thank God I did. It took a long time to build my business up, but um, but I'm now a full time photographer. I've been doing it for 15 years, and um, and I absolutely love it still to this day.
0: And we'll talk about your your um, your latest uh, photography project in a moment. But uh, let, let's go on to the podcast first of all. So fellow podcast host. What made uh, you and and your friend Kate decide to to set that up? What was the the genesis of that project?
1: Yeah, I, I I'm always I think I've always I've got an active brain, so I think I'm always thinking of another creative project I can do, and I very often don't do any of them. So I think I've got books, you know, where I write these things down. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I think I've been talking about doing a podcast, something to do with the menopause probably since i realized i was menopausal so you know it's kind of started then um and i i just think the idea of start, starting a podcast seemed quite alien to me and i didn't really know how to start and i kept putting it off but then thanks to lockdown um it kind of gives you that breathing space doesn't it um to sort of think oh i've got a bit of time on my hands now i wonder how you do start a podcast and i started looking into it and um I'm, I'm so pleased I did this but obviously the, the the crux of me starting this particular podcast was my menopausal symptoms was the fact that I thought I had early onset dementia and god knows what else um and I was angry about it if I'm honest with you Emma you know I, I was I, I, unprepared
0: so yeah. so many people out there kind of suffering in silence sometimes for
1: years before they have their light bulb moment if they're lucky yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I was so cross that I went through that. And I didn't know that all of these symptoms and there's 34 of them or probably more symptoms that are related to the menopause. And I didn't know about any of them apart from your periods going and um, feeling hot, you know, hot flushes. That's kind Mm. of all I knew about the menopause. And it made me so mad. And so I just thought, you know, I listened to that podcast and that helped me diagnose myself. So the whole point of me doing this podcast was to help one person I thought if one person tunes in to this realizes they're not going crazy yeah and gets so part- paying it forward <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying it forward and then I just thought you know there's lots of podcasts out there I knew I couldn't do a medical podcast you know I knew I didn't want it to be something that was um you know dishing out medical advice because you know that's not us um but um I just wanted to do something that was light-hearted enough but with a with a really serious edge to it and you know I've told you that story about the chicken wings that was a key moment for me and I thought I cannot be the only one who has a story like that you know where they've gone where they've felt completely out of control where their anger has gone you know off the chart um all because of their hormones so the idea of my podcast is it's not just about the menopause, but it's all about those times when our hormones have been in charge and anecdotes from women. It's like a confessional, really. Women write into us with their stories of what they might have said or done. And, um, and we read them out, you know, and thank God to my, my lovely co-host, Kate. You know, I wouldn't have done it on my own. You know, It's one of those things where you kind of need to have a buddy. Well, I know you are doing <laughs> it. Well done, you. Um, but I kind of needed a buddy to do it with, with me. And um, and the good thing about Kate is that she's younger than me. So she hasn't yet, well, I say that she is now starting to, I don't mean she'll mind me saying, she does mention it on the podcast, but she didn't know anything about the menopause and she hadn't had any of these symptoms. So it what's really good about the podcast is that she's learning at the same time as you know, where these women are sharing their stories. And now she's starting to recognize just one or two things um, that she's learned from the podcast. And we then talk about that as well. So I've just absolutely loved doing it. And um, and if any of your lovely listeners have any stories, or you Emma, <laughs> have any stories that they want to share. And like I said, it's not just about the menopause. We've had women writing in about, um, you know, PMT outbursts and pregnancy hormones and all sorts of things. But it's just a real sort of privilege, I think, to to share these stories that women trust us enough to, to read their stories out. And, um, and and also we have a really good laugh about it as well. You know, it's like, I know, obviously, you know, I was scared when I did all that with my son over the chicken wings, but actually the story itself is quite funny, you know, once you can step back and look at it. And there's yeah. you know, so there's lots of moments I think where we can all laugh at what we've done, but at the same time, learn about what what we're doing, why the reasons why we're we're being like that.
0: I think that's it's so powerful, isn't it? Being part of this cohort. And I know that I've said this before in other episodes, but you know, it does really feel like this generation, now with Gen X, whatever you want to call it, yeah. late early millennials going through this now. There's this real feels like there's a real power in terms of changing the narrative but also making sure that the next cohort of people coming through this don't have to kind of have this ignorance and to to fight to be heard or to be understood and that's almost half the battle right if you're if you're prepared you understand what's what's happening potentially to you you've got easy access to the information that you need and you know how to advocate for yourself if you choose to kind of go down the HRT route. And yeah. ho- hopefully, you know, more and more GPs now getting up to speed with where they should be. Uh, I'm Not going to do any GP bashing. My lovely sister-in-law is a GP. They're doing amazing stuff. But, you know, there's still there's work to do. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do feel like you know, we're, we're sort of slowly getting towards towards that point
1: I know thank god we're in that generation I feel really sorry for our parents and the the women that have gone before us who you know many of of whom wouldn't have had the option of going on HRT who genuinely thought that they were mad who were treated like they were mad you know I, I just feel really really lucky that we're part of this generation who don't mind talking about this stuff when I think back to it you know it's the people like you know, back in the 90s, you know, the, 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 these were us women we were all called the Ladette culture, weren't we? Do you remember? And it was <laughs> Zoe Ball and Sarah Cox. And they're all the people now who are out there talking about this stuff because we don't mind sharing. And thank goodness for it, because, you know, if it wasn't for like that podcast I heard for women talking and sharing about it, I would still be in the dark right now and, you know, and having an absolute nightmare. Um, so the more that we talk, I mean, it's still quite a shocking statistic, isn't it? How few people are are even taking HRT, how few women are. I think there's a really tiny percentage. So I.
0: Yeah, I th- and I think a lot of that stems from the, the Women's Health Initiative sort of scare 20 years ago that, that a lot of women stopped yeah. taking it overnight. And, and still there are those preconceptions uh, yeah. that, that a lot of people have. And, and, you know, as you would do, right, if you haven't sort out more kind of modern updated research and, and medical opinion that's quite understandable but but yeah well, there's definitely still still a long way to go in terms of kind of evening out that that playing field so that everyone's got the access.
1: What, what worries me is obviously I think women when we get to this age so often you know we've worked so hard over the years and a lot of women are at the top of their game you know when it comes to you know in their jobs and um and so many women are, are having to leave their jobs it's one in 10 which staggers
0: me i think have have
1: either thought about leaving or left jobs yeah. in that kind of age range and i find that and marriages breaking down and all sorts of things and i and um and i find that absolutely shocking a shocking diss a shocking statistic, and um, and and it sh- and, and it makes that makes me angry. That makes me angry. You know, every single it should be taught in schools, which I think it is going to start yeah. to happen now, isn't it? Where where we teach it in schools, and it should just constantly be part of the narrative with boys and girls. Everybody should know about it. It shouldn't be a word that people are scared of, or where people think, yeah, my uh, this happened to my friend actually, or. I was telling her when I first started taking HRT and she was displaying she's a bit older than me and she was displaying all the symptoms and you know anxiety and all sorts of things and I said to her well I wonder whether you too you know could be um mm. and she went I'm not that old <laughs> you know,
0: it's, 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 yeah there's definitely that kind of ageism kind of stigma yeah. taboo which yeah again we're all trying our best to to break down uh, yeah these things yeah. take time tell us a bit more about your your 40 over 40 project how did that start because um, I was just looking uh, yesterday at the portraits so far and they are brilliant you are you are really good really really good at what you do I think I, I love the Carolyn Harris photos she looks oh, amazing. amazing and, and the Liza Riordan ones
1: are very very powerful Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, the 40 Over 40 project really came about in the same way that the podcast came about. It was just, well, what I discovered in lockdown, just to go back a little bit, um, during lockdown, obviously all my work went overnight and I was sort of left, as many people were, just thinking, will I ever work again? And during lockdown, so six weeks in, I um, started a charity project and it was, um, I, I it was called Front Door Photo and I photographed people standing at their front doors in return for a donation to charity. And the, um, I mean, the project, I thought it was gonna, I, I set a target of raising a thousand pounds, well, I raised a £1,000 in the first 24 hours. This just suddenly took off because nobody had anything to do, did they, in lockdown? Suddenly the idea of a photographer coming to your house and taking a family portrait was quite quite a lot. A novelty. Yeah, and so um, what I thought was going to be like a week's project ended up being two months of photographing people at their front doors. I think I did about 500 households in the end. And that's just actually, I've just had an exhibition for that at Alexandra Palace for, um, for displaying all the photographs, which was lovely actually to look, look back at it all. But um, what I realised was I really enjoyed having a project. I didn't, you know, it's just really nice having something that wasn't anything to do with my work that wasn't, I wasn't raising, earning money for it. It was just a personal project and I really, really enjoyed that. So, fast forward, you know, after lockdown, and obviously all the stuff was happening with the menopause, and I just thought, well, it'd be quite nice to start another project. You know, what, what, what project could I do? And this is the this is what came to mind. I just thought there were so many I, through doing the podcast. You know, you realize just how incredible women of our age are. <laughs> I hear all these awful stories through the podcast of what. These women have suffered and I sort of think wow and yet they're so incredible and they're keeping going and they're you know they're running companies and all this stuff whilst the menopause is happening you know and I just so I just thought wow women over 40 are amazing and what can I do to try and celebrate that fact and obviously I'm a photographer so the only thing I could think of doing was. <laughs> By taking some portraits so I set myself a target of photographing 40 women all over the age of 40 Um, when I very first started it I had decided it was going to be completely focused on women um, who were championing the menopause you Mm -hmm. know speaking out about it so as you sort of mentioned some of the names already the the the, the early women that I started doing were all about that so I photographed Emma Skeets who's the menopausal mayhem mother and you've seen her on Instagram Mm -hmm fantastic um dr naomi potter i have photographed carolyn harris who obviously was key at getting the hrt bill through which she she was an incredible woman diane dansebrick um so i've done um women that have you know who are all about um, the menopause and getting that word out there but then i just thought uh, this is what's lovely about having a personal project you know there's no real agenda and i've tweaked it now and i just think it's not going to be just about women who are talking about the menopause i just want it to be about women who are over 40, who are just amazing and doing their own thing. So um, I've recently photographed Tracy Brabin, who's the mayor of West Yorkshire. And she was the um, the woman who took she over from- a great to, story, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah to, sorry, I interrupted you. you. She took over
0: from Joe Cox, you were saying.
1: That's right, yeah. So she used to be an actress, she was in Coronation Street. And then um, she, um, was on the campaign trail with joe cox um and then obviously joe cox was brutally you know murdered in the street and um, and as someone of Tracy's friends tracy said you know what can i do what can i do to help and um this friend said to her i don't suppose you've ever considered being an mp so she then went on the campaign trail and she took joe cox's position and she's it was an mp for many years and now she's the mayor of west yorkshire and you know she's 60 and i just think what a woman, you know, this has all happened in her menopausal years, you know, she's done an about turn, and, um, and look what she's achieving, so the project now is just about women who inspire me, full stop, and so long as they're over 40, they qualify.
0: <laughs> and yeah, you're never going to run out of people, to be honest, there's, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And also there's no there's no deadline with this project as well, which I'm really enjoying. So I think I have photographed I think I I've, I've photographed 10 women now. And what's lovely is uh, every time I photograph somebody, they sort of sort of have a chat with me and they kind of maybe recommend somebody else. And I think, oh, I hadn't thought about going down that route. That might be a good idea. And, you know, so I'm just keeping it very, very fluid. And, um, and I'm just going to see who I end up meeting. And I'm loving meeting all these people women <laughs> you've had
0: some yeah. some really great names on there so far yeah. so are you i guess limited by geography that they would have to be in the uk or visiting the uk
1: ideally the uk yes but i have traveled um i've just photographed sue kent actually and she's a gardener um, um on gardeners world but she's also um uh ther- 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 so she oh, does yes
0: the- yes i know who you mean
1: yeah uh, incredible so I just feel like she lives in Wales I mean a long way away from me so I actually travel to her um, but she's a, a, a fantastic role model I think for people with disabilities to be on the TV at her age you know because she's come to this you know very later later in, in life and showing that yes she has a disability but who cares and look how amazing she is and look what she can do Um, so so she's going to be my next um, my next lady that I that i announce yeah so it's just nice that i'm just and my mum recommended her you know so it's just there's i'm keeping it very open um and and the menopause the connection between all these women will be that they will be approaching or in their menopause or years so i just you know it's just that it's just basically one big you know Like, look at these amazing women. Look (laughs) look how amazing we are (laughs) at this age. And you are
0: making them look incredible. Do you find, I mean, some of them will be used to being photographed, I guess, as part of their day job. But do you find there's something about that kind of, that chemistry of being a kind of a portrait photographer and really letting their kind of, letting them shine that, That... that kind of creates a kind of magic...
1: That's absolutely how it works, yeah. Because I mean, sometimes when I I turn up to photograph anybody, you know, there's a lot of nerves to start with, because a lot of, lot of people haven't been photographed before. But um, so it's all about sort of building up trust, I think, um, with your with the subject. So we don't always start off taking the photo straight away. You know, we'll have a little bit of a chat and I'll try and ease them into it. And quite often, the photographs that I end up using are the photographs that I've taken towards the end of the mm-hmm. session. When they've they're really, relaxed. Yeah, they're totally relaxed. And we've chatted the whole way through and had a good laugh. And, and, and I think that's when you get the best out of out of somebody then, you know, when they're when they they are, they feel they can be themselves. But yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of the women, some of the women are used to sort of being on camera or their performer so um uh, one of my favorite photographs is actually of jennifer kennedy do you, do you, are you aware of jennifer kennedy she's the um blogger is that she's, right? a medieval, she's a yeah. medical blogger and she's absolutely hilarious so i really recommend you you look up uh, look her up um it's galloping catastrophe kind of makes I...
0: middling along look very <laughs> very bland galloping catastrophe
1: yeah galloping. fantastic yeah, she's written a book and, and she's also a stand-up comic. She's just done a, a set in um, Edinburgh. But she's amazing. And I came across her because um, I follow her on Facebook. and or, or did, I, Maybe I didn't follow her then, but somebody had shared this post that she'd written about open water swimming so I really recommend you have a little look <laughs> for this post it was just it was so funny so when I when I met her to photograph her I sort of said to her look I know this might sound a bit mad but because you know you wrote that brilliant post about open water swimming is there any way I could get you wearing a ridiculous swimming hat and maybe just wrap the tass- <laughs> like hat apart by the lake you like you yeah. do Let's do it. You know, she was so up for it. And it's one of my favourite photos. She looks so cute and so cheeky. And um, and I think sort of sums up, you know, how I want women to feel in their 40s. You know, I just want, you know, I kind of look at a photo and it makes me smile. Yeah. and I, 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 Yeah, I love it. So everyone, everyone I photograph has been very different. But everyone is what sort of, I feel. It, I'm trying to make sure all the photographs are very different and really represent that particular personality that's a real
0: real skill kind of capturing that that essence of of somebody so yeah i'll definitely i'll link in the the show notes to your to your website and to you on instagram um and yeah we'd definitely encourage people to to go and have a look at the ones that you've got up there already and and keep an eye out for for future updates are you able to to tell us any of the other women that you've got coming up or are you keeping it under wraps
1: I'm keeping it under wraps a bit, but I don't have a massive list um, either because I, I'm really trying to keep it as open as possible. Mm-hmm. I want it to just grow, you know, organically and just see who comes up. So I have got a couple of people that are obviously that I've got in the pipeline, but no, I'm just uh, just keeping it nice and open to see, see what happens. But I must say Davina McCall is on my list <laughs> of, of, of must-have people, so... <laughs> I'll be working well, on she's that got, one. she's got a book coming out very soon so I'm sure she'd be uh she Her book is be... Actually with Naomi Cotter who I've already photographed so maybe oh, I need to right. <laughs> tap Naomi <up. laughs> I think you do
0: I think you, surely surely if she's she's good mates with davina she can get you
1: yeah running. yeah
0: come on <laughs> <laughs> oh Jenny thank you so much for for giving up your time it's been lovely to chat to you and um yeah I'll hope everyone checks out the 40 over 40 check out the
1: podcast please yeah. write it podcast if you've got any stories I want to hear my brain now for for all the stories that aren't too (laughs) to put (laughs) me in too bad of a light (laughs) this is what I have to tell everybody you know we change the names all the time so if there is anything you'd like to contribute we would love to hear it and also anyone who listens to your podcast if they've got anything they want to share
0: How, how do how do they share with you Jenny have you got an email for the
1: there's an email address. So it's uh, dearhormones at yahoo.com or they can message us on Instagram. So we're um, at dearhormones on Instagram. So they can they can find us there as well. But yeah, I would we, we are planning our season three as we speak. So now all my building work is finished. So I can finally start recording again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, yeah. uh, the joy of yeah, recording in, in, in the home setting. Oh,
1: oh, well,
0: thank, thanks crazy. again, Jenny. It's been lovely to meet you. Thank you so much, Emma you've been listening to the middling along podcast do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live and why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well i do hope you enjoyed listening today if you did i'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed hope you can
1: join us next time goodbye for now